1: Great amigo, great friend for many years, more than 30 years, my great friend, Stan Jeter. Welcome to our podcast, Stan. Craig, what
0: a delight to be with you. This is going to be cool.
1: The first few times that we ever met, in fact, the first time we ever met was at LAX Airport, and we were on our way. He, uh, Stan was coming from Virginia Beach, where he was and is based, and he hired me to as the cameraman and crew. And we went together for a wonderful first trip that we still remember and talk about every now and then for Far East Broadcasting. And we went to Hong Kong and Korea. I know Stan uh, and the team made a, branched off to Philippines for a few days and we had a great time. I still remember that trip, Stan. That was a memorable
0: trip. It was fun to work with you. Always remember good stories
1: and good food. You bet. Um, and, uh, and we try to make it in that order, good stories and good food, but uh, it might be 1A and 1B, that's for sure. We actually, not to digress too much, we, we and a wonderful uh, client and friend, Lisa Grace, the three of us all went for a Spanish meal, a Spanish, Spanish restaurant in Hong Kong, and we're thinking, where are we? We're having Spanish food, but we're in Hong Kong. And uh, I, I still remember that that was that was great fun and a lot of laughter too so oh yeah there you, there you go now Stan is you are many things uh, I would say that you are not only a media director and a media creative but you're extremely missions minded Tell us a little bit I you you were born in, into a missionary family
0: that's right uh, Craig. My brothers and I were born in Havana, Cuba, where dad was a missionary for um, I don't know something like 10 to 12 years. And um, so we, we learned Spanish on the street and we spoke English at home. And it was, a, uh, it was pre-Castro. So it was a wonderful uh, upbringing. From there we went to Spain, from Spain to Morocco to Tangier, and uh, we spent four years in Tangier. How, um,
1: old, how old were you when you were in Tangier?
0: I was uh, from 11 to 15.
1: Oh, you, so would, when we, you would remember yeah. it very well.
0: I do. I do. We attended an American private school. And uh, I remember that very well. And uh, it, it's a very unique place. Um, I went back to Tangier with my wife uh, a couple of years ago. And for the first time since nine, since we left, which was, um, I guess it's okay to give away my age, but it's it was like uh, 1958 when we left, and uh, I hadn't ever been back. And it had grown to a city of, of a million people, which was like 10 times the size it was when we lived there. Anyway, yes, I grew up in a missionary family. My Two of my brothers uh, were missionaries to Europe one to France one to Spain and uh, my sister did missionary work as well so um, and and I've been doing um, what I would like to call missionary media for um, wow for over 50 years so it's it's uh, it was a great upbringing for the call that uh,
1: for the purpose God had for my life being a missionary media media, um... Director and creative, you've seen a lot of changes in fifty or sixty years, haven't you? Oh yeah. In oh, what yeah. way? In what ways?
0: Well, uh, the um, the technical side has changed dramatically uh, from analog to digital. Um, you know, I started out as an announcer at a at an FEBC uh, radio station in San Francisco and uh, aimed at Latin America. So it, the broadcasts were in Spanish. And so I was a Spanish announcer and kind of a DJ program uh, facilitator. And uh, we, would, uh, we, could, we could operate the control and um, run the programs. You know, the programs would come on tape, quarter-inch uh, audio tape, and uh, the spots, the announcements that had to be run, um, commercials in a commercial station, but we, we had spots. They would, um, we'd use cartridges, which were kind of a unique thing that you plug in, you just pull them out and plug them in. And the, uh, and the records were the vinyl records where we'd place the, the um, playing arm on the track we wanted, start the turntable running, hold the record back with our fingers so it'd be in the right spot. And when we were through introducing the song, we'd let it go and it would, it would start playing. So it was that, that, that kind of hands-on with analog stuff and a, a whole different type of media. That's what we started with. And in, in video, when I got into video, we were a professional video was using two inch uh, tapes, yep, like two inches wide. And you go monstrous things. You, you know
1: did. those. I started at PTL Television with two-inch quad, and yep. I I had to have a, a large cart and put all the tapes on the cart and wheel the cart down to the editing room if I was going to cut. And I don't think and it's okay that that young people w- would laugh at that or not understand that, but the that's that's what you had back then, and that was the best you had.
0: And, and the change is so dramatic because from the monstrous big thing, I remember doing a, um, a production trip, to one of my first ventures into video, when I was working with an evangelist, uh, Luis Palau, um, we went down to Uruguay for a series of evangelistic meetings. And uh, I did, I took like one case, I well, I took a, a video uh, camera and recorder because they were separate um, attached by a cable and um, the the uh, the tapes were three quarter inch umatic tapes uh, we had the smaller version for the camera and i had to have a whole case for the tapes each tape would only record 20 minutes mm mm-hmm. Right. So I had to have a whole case for that. I mean, you're you're wonderfully familiar with this. Oh, yeah. Painfully, painfully familiar. I
1: was so I was so happy when the cassettes went from 20 minutes to 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then to think that we can have a little chip that records, you know, you stick into uh, a camera and uh, it records like maybe two hours or an hour of high definition video. It's just the, the the change from one to the other is almost beyond comprehension, but I tell you there there are three areas that I think the change has been incredibly significant. One is the equipment has shrunk and become cheaper. You used to pay twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars for a professional video camera or more. So the change it's and now you can tape with the same quality you used to get. You can tape with your smart smartphone. So. The cost is, of the equipment has gone down, the equipment has shrunk in size, but the, the huge change in how you put your stories together, how you put it together. Uh, digital editing over the old tape to tape editing is just amazingly wonderful. You can go back and make changes and it's quicker and you can do it on the laptop or even on your phone. So, uh, and the other thing is, okay, so the equipment is shrunk, it's cheaper, you can edit, you can put things together uh, much more smoothly and uh, less complicated, let's say. And thirdly, you can send video around the world for free. True. That one blows my mind. You used to have have to have a... um, Uh, an uplink, you know, um, a satellite uplink that you had to reserve in advance, pay huge money for
1: or Or uh, file transfer protocol, which is still done, FTP, that's sometimes done as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I I mean, you know all of this better than I do, but I I am just Mm. so impressed. And the thing is that every one of these advances makes it easier, more accessible for us. In terms of telling stories and sharing stories, so um, I'm I I'm I'm terribly excited about the day we live in in uh, in relation to video production and sharing and all of that communication.
1: You know, I would say, and you would agree, that we that started out with analog appreciate digital more than those that have only known digital. In the sense of, we knew how hard it was. To put things together and to make changes was very difficult, time-consuming, laborious. Uh, yeah, do. but digital is so quick, and I mean, you could shoot something on a street uh, and walk up and go, "Hi, I'm in, you know, London, England. I'm in front of uh, Buckingham Palace, and we're here for this event or that event." And you could literally have that up on Facebook or YouTube or whatever in five minutes, or you could do it live. Even live. Even live. Live Facebook, live Instagram. What you know what? Here's a question wasn't on my on my in my notes. Is there a temptation to go live with d- these digital formats when you're not really ready to go live? What do you think?
0: That's interesting. Is
1: that a tricky question? Well, I don't really
0: know the answer. Um, um I yeah, I, I haven't dealt recently so much with um, you know, field reporting. So um, I, it's a little more difficult to put myself in those shoes um, in relation to that, to that question. I know that, um, well, for example, there, there are a lot of occasions where live is wonderful or close to live, but uh, live, uh, for example, the, um, in Havana, where I was born, Uh, There was an explosion in a a historic old hotel. Uh, Apparently, there was a gas leak and and bang. You know, they lost about three floors of the hotel. Forty or 50 people lost their lives. It was terrible. And right next to it, I mean, wall to wall on the same block, was one of the most historic churches, Protestant churches in Cuba. It's called El Calvario. And a lot of us who have visited Havana recently or recent years have wound up at one point or another in that church. It's only a block from the Capitol building. Uh, A Baptist church, great Baptist church, uh, wonderful people there. But that building was severely damaged. My point is that one of the guys in the church almost like the same day took out his smartphone and did a Facebook Live showing all the damage to the church and the hotel. And uh, it was up there for everyone to see. So um, the, the power of, of, of
1: that kind of um, immediacy is, is amazing. Great time with Stan Jeter. Join us next time, next episode. We'll learn more. We'll pick up where we left off.